Welcome to another episode of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Sobolewski. Your time is valuable, and so is mine. And that's why I release these brief episodes focused on a single clinical topic. You can get in, get out, and learn something. Today's topic, neutropenic enterocolitis, otherwise known as tiflitis, which is harder to spell and probably less accurate. And Let me start by saying that this is a complication that you are more likely to see if you work in a big children's hospital that treats immunocompromised patients. So patients with an ANC, an absolute neutrophil count of less than 500, have an increased risk of bacterial infection of multiple kinds like bloodstream and others. These bacteria are often not pathogens in normal hosts. And the signs and symptoms of these infections can be minor or hard to pick up because the immune response and the inflammatory response is blunted because of neutropenia. So empiric antibiotic therapy and a high index of suspicion, along with protocols developed to bring these patients to the emergency department and hospital quickly, are critical. So tiflitis, or neutropenic enterocolitis, often presents with abdominal pain, diarrhea, fever, and an immunocompromised child. Kids will have tenderness, often in the right lower abdomen, but it could be more diffuse. And in general, these are polymicrobial infections, including the dreaded enterococcus. It seems to be less common than before, maybe perhaps due to improved immunosuppressive regimens and greater surveillance, but it is still something that you can encounter. So why does this happen? Well, cytotoxic drugs cause mucosal injury, and so that mucositis occurs in more than just the mouth. Host defenses are impaired, and multiple microbes therefore have access to fragile tissue. This can cause bowel wall inflammation and eventually necrosis. The cecum may be the most susceptible because it's kind of distensible in general and it's less well vascularized. There's lots of different bacteria, gram-negative rods, gram-positive cocci, anaerobes like clostridium species, candida, and bacteremia or fungemia can be a complication and may be common with neutropenic enterocolitis. So with the bacteremia, you could see pseudomonaseruginosa, Klebsiella species, E. coli, strepviridins, enterococcus, bacteroides, clostridium. The most common fungal bloodstream cause are the candida species. You should suspect neutropenic enterocolitis in any immunocompromised child, especially one with an ANC less than 500 with fever and abdominal pain or abdominal symptoms. Don't just assume that they got gastro. Most often the pain's in the right lower quadrant. Again, the cecum is the most common location, but it can be in other spots in the belly as well. Classically, this happens during the third week, median of about 17 days after cytotoxic chemotherapy. That's when neutropenia is most significant. Symptoms include fever, belly distension, cramping belly pain, tenderness to palpation, nausea, vomiting, watery or bloody diarrhea, or even frank hematochesia, which would indicate that the bowel wall has eroded away and you're just pooping out blood. You could see an ileus, and patients can rapidly progress to overt peritonitis because of a bowel wall perforation. After that, shock ensues, and they are super-duper sick. This, of course, is all very bad. A clue that this might be going on, if there is such a thing in these patients, could be widespread mucositis on your physical exam. You can get a plain x-ray that can look for perf or signs of obstruction, but CT with contrast is the best imaging test. IV plus or minus oral or enteral contrast based on local protocols and what you need to get. Talking to a radiologist is always a good idea because they are super smart and helpful. 
CT is better at identifying bowel wall thickening, mesenteric inflammation and stranding, and pneumatosis than x-rays or ultrasound. And again, even though the cecum is the most common location, you can see abnormal findings across the bowel in at least three quarters of patients. The main item in the differential diagnosis is graft versus host disease. Now admittedly, I'm not gonna make that diagnosis in the ED. I'm gonna worry about neutropenic enterocolitis, start antibiotics, and it will get sorted out later. GVHD complicates stem cell transplant patients especially. You can also see skin and liver involvement plus the bowel as opposed to just the bowel and neutropenic enterocolitis. Oncologists also worry about CMV, norovirus, ischemic colitis, cholangitis, and even regular acute appendicitis is a possibility. Treatment is medical, fluid resuscitation, nutrition, bowel decompression, and broad-spectrum antibiotics. If patients have free perforation, dead gut, or uncontrolled infection, surgery, though hesitant to go into the gut, may need to do so, even if just for decompression. And this is something that often happens in the ICU and sometimes at the bedside. Antibiotic-wise, the best monotherapy is probably piperacillin tazobactam. You could also give cefepime plus metronidazole if you're worried about a true penicillin allergy. Patients with resistance may need to go to the carbapenems, which is imipenem or miropenem. If you haven't ruled out C. diff, add coverage for that, so vancomycin or metronidazole. Neutropenic patients with protracted fever, and this is most likely to happen after they're admitted, should probably get fungal coverage as well. Fluconazole resistance should be assumed, so you pick an agent like voriconazole or amphotericin B. As always, follow local practices based on expert recommendations at your institution, along with antibiograms and changing practice patterns to guide your empiric or ongoing antibiotic therapy. These are just suggestions to start with, but may help you answer a board question. Outcomes have improved with surveillance and treatment protocols, so early reports in adults suggested maybe a 50% mortality rate. There was a more recent perspective series in children that showed high survivability, but the risk of recurrence remains high. All right, I told you this one was brief. Take-home points. So you should suspect neutropenic enterocolitis in a patient receiving chemotherapy or who is immunocompromised with an ANC less than 500 and fever plus abdominal symptoms. The cecum is the most common location, but disease can be more widespread. Promptly start antibiotics, piperacillin tazobactam or cefepime and miro, and think about C. diff if it hasn't been ruled out. Fungal should be added if fever greater than three days or if your oncologist would like you to do it in the ED. CT with contrast is the imaging test of choice. It just better identifies the findings that you should be worried about. These patients should have early oncology and surgery consults. I hope you enjoyed this episode on neutropenic enterocolitis. You may have encountered it and not actually known that that's what it was. So sometimes it helps to give a thing that you've seen a name. If you have any feedback on this episode or on the podcast in general, shoot me an email, leave a comment on the blog, leave a review on your favorite podcast site, send me a message on Twitter at PemTweets, or even on the Facebook page if you still use it. If you've got ideas for other topics that you think I can briefly tackle, send them my way as well. So for Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, this has been Brad Soboleski. See you next time.